turnover of rosters is the norm and there's not a lot of great players because the great players either play internationally or go to the NBA after one year or even play in the G League. I thought, you know, what really stands out for college basketball these days, for better or worse, is a team that plays with physicality and a team that plays together. Togetherness and ruggedness, to me, are the two biggest calling cards of what you would need to win a championship. What happened for Purdue as a one seed was that they didn't play ruggedly. They didn't play physically. They had the size advantage, and they just blew it. They just blew it. And the two teams that made it the farthest in the national championship game both had really good interior play. San Diego State dictated tempo via their defense and their rebounding. And UConn via Sonogo was able to also dictate tempo and interior physicality. They got to have some shooters, knock down outside shots. That's, of course, part of the college game. But UConn had a little bit of that as well. But they had a togetherness that I think really comes from Danny Hurley and this tenacity of we'll take the fight to you. And you don't now have to be a great regular season team. And you don't need to be a greatly talented team. There's not a bunch of lottery picks between those two squads last night. There's not a lot of NBA talent between those two squads last night. But this is where the game has changed. And so I think we need to analyze college basketball greatness differently. This UConn team isn't great because like the 9 UNC squad or the 01 Duke team, there's going to be a flurry of NBA lottery picks. It was good in this era because they could play rock'em, sock'em robots. And look, they hit shots. It wasn't like it was a 68-62 to 62 game or a 57-51 slugfest. But that wasn't a lot of high-end NBA talent. But you don't really need that right now. The transfer portal, even more than NIL, to me, defines college basketball. Because as we talked about with the Bruce Pearl's comments the other day to Maggie and Perloff, he's saying, why am I going to recruit high school kids? Why are any of us going to recruit high school kids when we can let other coaches and programs deal with the youth, deal with the rawness, fix them a little bit, and then we'll just get them in the transfer portal? We'd rather recruit the transfer portal for guys that are a little bit more polished. You know, think about this from your business's standpoint. Think about this from our business's standpoint. Are we going to look for talented kids coming out of college that still need to cut their teeth? Or would we rather just take people that have worked at another level, the next level, and start picking off the best talent there? If you can get them at that level, you take them. If you're in business and it's all the same salary, that's what we're saying. I mean, basically, scholarships are the salary. Everyone gets the same salary. NIL's different, but that's that's its own beast. If everybody's under the same salary, would you rather pay a kid coming out of college or would you rather pay somebody who's been in the business 10 years? So Pearl, Hurley, all of these guys, Larinaga, 
All of these guys are going to be starting to use the, the transfer portal to just build a team for that year or for two years by getting a bunch of veterans, which is the total flip of the old one-and-done model of get all the best young kids. So it's a new paradigm for college basketball. UConn nailed it this year. San Diego State did a great run. And I think this is the start of, for this moment in time, if NIL rules change, transfer portal rules change, if things change, it might be a little different. But for this moment in time, I don't think you're going to have great basketball is just teams. brute Was strength. Alabama and great yet, this year? Nah, they were the much about that, but that means you don't eat or drink between sunup, sunset. And as pregame, pregame meal is pretty much like coconut milk and fruit. Yeah. And this guy goes out and gets another double-double, though he wasn't the only one on Connecticut. Dan Hurley, that certainly is a blue blood coaching legend family in New Jersey. So, you know, give him a lot of credit. He's the third Connecticut coach to bring them a championship. Uh, of course, you go back to Jim Calhoun and Kevin Ollie. So three coaches have now taken this program to five national titles. Kudos to them. You know, they were the fourth seed. They're only the second fourth seeded team ever to win a championship. And obviously, and I agree with you, uh, and I, should, I think the TV ratings are going to ex basically uh, go along with us. The LSU-Iowa game ratings went through the roof, and I mean 103% jump, all-time rating, ABC, ESPN2. I'm going to guess that that's not going to happen with the men's championship game last night. Yeah, so we've talked a lot about San Diego State because of their matchup with Alabama. They, they like to slow it down. Uh, the problem was that they they couldn't score in the half court. I, I was kind of expecting them to pick up the pace a little bit because of UConn's length and size. There's just nowhere to go with the ball. Meanwhile, offensively, I mean, when UConn was running their sets, they couldn't stop them. Although they had seven foot one, why they kept bringing them out on the perimeter, I don't know. But man, all you had to do was just drop it in the middle and let them go to work. So um, I, I didn't think there was much of a X's and O's kind of matchup there that San Diego State could win. Um, but like I said, they 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 they. They pulled within six or eight there late, and I thought things were going to get interesting. I kept waiting for it to kind of get to that point where you're like, okay, here it goes. And I just, it, it never got to that point. And so it was just kind of a, eh. You know, Mark, this was a really a strange year for Connecticut, okay? They weren't ranked in the preseason top 25. They lost, the only games they lost were in the Big East. They beat 17 non-conference opponents, and I think most of them by double digits, and I think including that, if memory serves me, they beat Alabama uh, earlier this season, very early in the season. So the only games they lost were in the Big East. Mark, this team finished fourth in the Big East. Fourth. Yeah. And they go on to win the national title. So they did not lose a non-conference game the entire season. The only teams that beat them were teams in the conference. And, and I tell this to anybody who wants to listen to me, which there aren't many, that when you get into conference play, it's a little different. Could coaches have a better book on how to play you? Uh, they played you over the years, whereas you get these non-conference games and, you know, you got two days to prepare or something like that. And it's tough to prepare for a team like Connecticut with their brute strength, especially on the inside paint. They weren't 
they weren't burning the nets from outside. But boy, oh boy, they could sure in, uh, dominate in the paint. A little disappointed that San Diego State's uh, top scorer, Bradley, did not have much of a game at all. Uh, speaking of having a game, do want to congratulate Henry. Henry, Henry winds up being our March match, uh, our March Madness matchup uh, winner. He had UConn. He defeated Jansen and San Diego State. So uh, Henry, you're the big winner. Kudos to you, sir. Way to way to coach him up there for the big game. So he gets the uh, Bailey's TV. And and let me just say this, Henry. We don't have the TV here. If you're listening, you go over to Bailey's. We'll uh, we'll call in your name. And then he gets the uh, ride, the uh, jet skis. Yep. So very cool uh, for him. It, again, a great turnout for us at Moe's downtown for that competition. Uh, and it was one that uh, certainly grabbed a lot of people's attention. There so is another story it. making uh, getting rounds now. And, of course, you just knew this was not going to go over well. Jill Biden uh, has asked. I don't know if she's the one who can do this. You know how they invite teams to the White House and. You know, there used to be a time when this was a, a great tradition. You win, you go. And when Trump got in, some of the teams not very clued into his philosophical, political views, didn't want to go. So she says, well, we want LSU to come to the White House, of course. But since it was such a great game, I think it'd be great if Iowa comes also. Needless to say, Angel Reese who's becoming kind of a household name now. She didn't have some nice things to say about it. And I think there were a few other teammates who kind of lashed out at this, like, wait a minute, we won the championship. Why are you inviting Iowa? Yeah, no, there, there's no reason to bring Iowa to the to the White House. It, this, it's, um, how, do, how do I say this delicately? I'm not sure there is a way. This isn't everybody gets a trophy time. This is you. Re you recognize. You recognize the champion. Period. Although the flip side of that is, it's his house. It's his house or her house in this case. You can invite whoever to, well, to the house you want. I've never been to the White House. I assume it's pretty big. Maybe you could have one team on one floor, or maybe send a team out on the lawn. Yeah. And it, no, it's not a good idea. What are you going to do? Match up Caitlin, Catlin, and Reese again, and, and go through this all over again? No thanks. Um. All right. So coming up today. We got uh, a pretty good lineup for you. Rob Bradley over at Timber Creek is going to join us, talk some Masters early at 6.30. Rodney Orr on Alabama. Uh, Jerry Palm will recap the national title game at 7.30 with us. Justin Ferguson on Auburn at 8 o'clock. And then Richie Riley set to join us, the South Alabama basketball coach. He will join us at 8.30. We'll have some Chick-fil-A for you. We'll also have some JAG baseball tickets as far as giveaways. And the other thing we need to talk about when we come back, Hugh Freeze, Lee Stravanian are on the same page when it comes to spring football and spring football games. We've talked about this for a couple years now. Hugh Freeze is a big proponent of the idea of bringing in an opponent to play your spring football game. Where do you guys stand on that? We'll get to that when we come back. We're just getting started. Let's get you scoreboard traffic and weather. Hit us up in the app at WNSP.com. Or better yet, give us a call next at 694-1055. Alabama versus Troy versus UAB versus South Alabama. Auburn against one of those opponents. Would you go check that out in the spring? Or better yet, you tell me who they should play in their spring game. 
It's a Tuesday edition of the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP. Hey, this is Amari Cooper. You're listening to Sports Radio WNSP. the golden girls uh yeah but it's it's kind of neat because after yesterday with the bashing around of the two stars on the basketball it's kind of nice to hear something like that let's be friends good show too you remember that's funny i never i never watched golden girls i never got into golden girls but uh but yeah so jim nance's final call of the ncaa tournament and and in typical Nance fashion, he didn't really want it to be about him, but I think people are waiting for his final kind of call out or send off, and his message was and Thank the, you. and the fact that he didn't have a scintillating ending to the game gave him more credence to the fact that okay, you know, the game was kind of a at the end a blowout, and so he could basically do what he wanted to do without you know all the hype that goes with a last second shot or something like that, such as on Saturday's game with the Aztecs winning. But uh, don't don't fret. He'll still be around. He'll have the Masters this week. And then he will, as far as we know, still do uh, NFL football with uh, Tony Romo on CBS. All right. So you guys can certainly get in on the uh, basketball game last night. Uh, Hugh Freeze must be in uh, Lee Shervanian's head. Well, you know what? It's I guess he's trying to make amends with me, huh? I think. I don't know. Is there a reason why he should? No, there really isn't. I oh. don't know Hugh Freeze. I just... I just go, let's skip it. I'm not going to get there. Let's just hear what he had to say. So uh, he believes that uh, college football teams should be allowed to scrimmage another team in their spring game. Uh, He says that everybody would get out of it exactly what they wanted, and it would be great for the sport. And I know you've been a proponent of this. We've talked about this for the last couple years every time. We get around this time of year. And, and you don't even have to like do it like a full-fledged game. You could have controlled scrimmage. Maybe you don't have the kickoffs if you're worried about getting somebody hurt or something like that. It makes more sense. You know what really gets to me now? Did you see that Auburn has raised the price for this get- scrimmage on Saturday? It used to be used to be n- nothing. Then it got to 5 Now it's up to 10 Look, I have $10 in my wallet. I can afford it. But really, am I going to go three and a half hours to watch a scrimmage with, you know, the same thing that's been going on now for three weeks. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't, usually when you get a new coach, you get a, a big turnout. I don't know what a big turnout would be at Jordan here, but I think they should just not charge anything. You know, they still charge for par- concessions, maybe even parking. I don't know how that goes up there, but for a controlled scrimmage like this, and even Hugh Freeze basically played it down, Mark. He said, well, I, I'm trying to come up with a format I think what we're going to do this, he said, I'm going to try to make it simple. We're going to give, now correct me if I'm wrong on this, he's going to give the defense a certain amount of points. 
I'll just throw a number out. Let's say he gives the defense 24 points, okay? So the scoring would be the offense has to beat the defense by 24 points. In, in other words, if you score a touchdown at six, you get the extra point, seven, whatever. It's kind of a unusual way because, and everybody has their own way of doing this thing. But no, I'm, I'm with them because now they're trying to find ways to make this interesting for the public. It's not. There is no way this is interesting. These players have been banging heads for three weeks or 14 practices. I don't know what's holding it up. I don't know if it's an NCAA thing, but you pointed out, I'll agree with you, Auburn could play a Troy. Controlled scrimmage. Doesn't have to be a you know 60-minute game or whatever. You let everybody play if you want. They could play a Jacksonville State. You could play in Alabama State. Uh, you could play South Alabama. It'd be kind of, it'd be different. It'd give the public something to root for. So I know fans typically would be in favor of this. However, there are some drawbacks to the idea of bringing a team in. So you bring in Alabama State or Jackson State or you know a UAB or a South or a Troy or whoever, that team is going to want to beat you. And, th- and that's why I think uh, uh, you know a glorified scrimmage might work better in the sense that you have a controlled scrimmage where you set up a different scenario because does the other coach keep his starters in when you put your reserves in just so he can you know get some points because it's going to be it's going to be covered like a real game and and does Alabama or does Auburn have to win that game by so many what happens if your quarterback gets picked off three times by the Jacksonville State secondary. Like I, I, I think when you wind up putting it your your guys into a competitive environment like that, I I think the little details matter more. Well, you'd set that up before. It'd be like a jamboree. When I came down to Mobile, they had these high school jamborees. Yeah. Now they're kind of getting away from it. But the Jamboree was all set up like your first team would face the other team's first team, vice versa. And I know in many cases, in the second half, you'd be going with your freshmen, your reserves. It'd be set up. It would be orchestrated, so it would be fair on both sides. I don't think I don't think anybody would come away thinking, oh, my gosh, we got beat by Jacksonville State or something like that. And I, I think the things you point out would be basically under the radar when it comes to the having a game like that and then you could go and then you could charge 20 25 dollars or something like that and make it worthwhile for a person to come and see it i know it would have my interest more so do you see and i've told you this but you know if you're looking to find these games on espn or espn2 you're gonna have to look hard if you have espn3 you're okay you stream but it's got even the net the networks or espn is getting away from televising because i've told you the only one they're going to do is colorado now and that's only because of dion yeah so it's I, I kind of compare it to and I'll go back way back you like during the Pro Bowl when they actually played a Pro Bowl and they had very specific ways you could play defense like you couldn't blitz or you couldn't you could only run certain coverages and all that kind of stuff right and then arguably and, and, and it always wound up happening towards the end of the game and things got competitive defense would ultimately blitz when they weren't supposed to or do something that was against the rules. I just sensed that these things would get ultra competitive on one side. You know, it may I'm, I'm with you. It I would don't, certainly be more interesting. See, I, I don't 
first of all, you'd probably scrimmage against a coaching buddy of yours, you know, and you'd have the rule set up, as you said, no blitzing or this and that. But I think the other advantage would be, let's say I'll use Auburn as an example. Uh, maybe there is one or two really, really great players on the team you bring in. And who knows, a year later, they transfer to your school. With yeah. the portal being what it is, I think all the benefits outweigh any of the negatives. I Obviously, you're going to have players out there that, as you said, are going to be very competitive. And, and hey, we're playing Auburn. I want to you know, go out there sure. and show. But you'd play first team, first team, second team, second team, and then you get in the second half. And you're not going up against your own team. You know, even the rules in these scrimmages are you. there's certain rules they put in. You can't do this. You can't get the quarterback. I mean, he's off limits. Yet you still have a player or two that wants to make a name for himself, even if it cost him a hot dog or a steak dinner afterwards. By the way, there's nothing wrong with a hot dog. You I like hot dogs? hot dogs? Yeah. Your I mean, fa- your I'd favorite? rather have a steak for yeah. sure. Favorite hot dog? My favorite fa- hot dog? Yeah, where would you go? I don't. I don't know. I. I. I got to be honest. I don't necessarily go out to for a meal and say, you know what I want? I want a hot. Dog. Never I do. do the hot dogs at home. You know when I used to. I don't go, pay good money for a hot dog. I used to go up to when I used to go up to Birmingham on road trips. I had a good friend in town. He said he sent me to this hot dog store, and it was the sauce. I don't know the name of it because this was back in the '80s, but he'd asked me, please go there. My friend runs the store, and he's going to give you a special sauce to bring back for my hot dogs. Wow. I can't remember the name, though. All right. Uh, the place in Montgomery, downtown, was it, is it Chris's Hot Dogs or whatever? That place was good when I used to work in Montgomery back in the day. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk a little Masters. Stay with us. Hit us up in the app, WNSP.com. Rod Bra- Rob Bradley at Timber Creek set to join us. Rodney Orr on Alabama at 7 o'clock. Jerry Palm on the NCAA Tournament at 730. It's the opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station WNSP. is a show unlike any other that's true (laughs) can't argue that point because you know why why we have your buddy triple g no other station does right well no other station has lee shervanian either well not yet Uh uh-oh is he a free agent nil (laughs) deals what are we doing (laughs) that'd be cool an nil deal all right let's talk masters rob Radley's my good friend at timber creek golf club Good morning, sir. How you doing? Doing well, Lee. How about yourself? You excited about the Masters this week? I am. I am. There's a lot of dynamics that uh, is going to make this Masters a little unique compared to the, uh, the past ones. Why? Which what, what? What makes it better? Well, I don't know that in the context of better, but it's going to be uh, very unique in the fact that we have the uh, controversy with the Live Tour and uh, and the PGA players. 
Um, I think that's going to be a unique dy- dynamic. Um, I also think that the weather's going to be very unusual this week. Um, they're forecasting a lot of rain, so that's going to bring in a, a, a new dynamic uh, into the tournament this week. You know, we like storylines. Wouldn't it be cool? You're coming down the 18th, your final pairing. Let's say a golfer from the live, maybe Dustin Johnson and maybe Rory from the PGA. Would that be unbelievable? Do you think that'd be a great storyline? Live versus the PGA? Absolutely. I think that's going to be the underlying story all week. And uh, my understanding is it's going to be uh, 18 live players. And they're even going to uh, gather around 18, I understand, uh, on Sunday if they have a contender and uh, show support, which I'm not sure how that's going to be received in the golf world. That's going to be interesting. For sure. Uh, Any hope of Tiger Woods being around Sunday? Yes, but, um, you know, I'm cheering for him because he's such a a great part of golf. Um, The challenge is, is when you, when you get to Augusta, it's so hilly. And then now you're bringing in really bad weather. So he, uh, excuse the pun, but he has an uphill battle um, with with his challenges. And also, he's not tournament seasoned like he normally would be. He hadn't played in a lot of golf tournaments. And uh, even if you Tiger Woods, the Masters uh, brings in a whole different dynamic psychologically. And then you got the physical dynamic. So he's going to be challenged, but I'm rooting for him. I think a lot of people are. Let me ask you for your top three, starting with the one person you think will win it, but I'll give you three. Give me three. Oh, okay, I'm going to go with Rory. I think he's the, he's the favorite. And then I'm going to go with uh, John Rahm. And uh, you got to go with Scheffler. You know, he's, he's the best player in the world, and uh, he's just been playing great. So uh, that would be the three. I know I'm not going out on a limb with those three picks. Rob Bradley joining us from uh, Timber Creek. So you've toured the course. Your favorite hole of the 18, what's the best? It's got to be 13. Um, you know, Amen Corner is uh, is the most beautiful uh, three holes in golf probably. So uh, if you had to pick one, I would say 13. And this year they added 20 yards to it. So that's going to bring in a dynamic that we haven't seen in the past because a lot of players are going to be laying up and not going for it in two. So, yeah, 13. You have a very nice dining facility at Timber Creek. I've been there, done that. Uh, when you went to the Masters, is there any, uh, let's say, gourmet food or anything that you uh, had to have when you went up there? Well, I did the traditional palmetto cheese uh, sandwich, and it lived up to its billing. It was very, very good. And uh, just like everybody else, I was taken back that they uh, – they really don't charge uh, that much for it. And uh, once you get inside the gates, it's a very affordable experience. But, yeah, the palmetto cheese do they, sandwich. Do they, <laughs> do they serve alcohol on the course? Um, you know what? I don't think they do. Um, I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't really that note. You know, I didn't look for it. So, but I don't think they do. No, I, I would. I would say no. Can you imagine at the great tradition you have a somebody riding a cart around serving <laughs> yeah that wouldn't be too good and i know that they're very particular when you walk in there uh everything is manicured and there's a protocol for everything so i don't i don't see them ever allowing alcohol to my knowledge rob before i let you go what's new at uh, timber creek any events coming up 
Well, the, the main thing, our main story right now as far as newness is concerned is uh, we have a Top Tracer facility, which most people are associated with Top Golf. And uh, you can play 32 courses. You can play uh, Pebble Beach. You can play Spyglass. You can play St. Andrews. Uh, a lot of fun. And it's something unique that we're offering that no one else has. So that's probably the most unique thing that we've got going on right now at Timber Creek. And golf course is in good shape and plays up. So things are good. Appreciate you joining me. You take care. Talk to you later. All right. All right, Lee. Have a good day. Bye-bye. A oral surgeon unlike any other. Because I haven't been to that many, but this guy's to me the best, Dr. Christopher Mullenix. I highly recommend him. If you have any oral surgery, jaw surgery needs, I suggest you get in touch with Dr. Christopher Mullenix in Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery, specializing in wisdom teeth extractions, TMJ jaw surgeries, teeth in a day, and of course, something I'm very familiar with, dental implants. You do not need a referral. You can call them at 479, yeah, 471-3381, especially if there's an emergency. Let's say something goes awry in the morning, an accident or something like that. Get on the phone, call them. Chances are he can see you in the afternoon. They're located at 715 Downtown or Boulevard. All right, we got some time so you guys can jump in at 694-1055. Number of topics today. We talked about the uh, the national championship game last night. I just kind of thought it was, eh. I didn't think it was, It certainly wasn't as compelling as the women's game, but I just. I was just, there any trashing at the end? No. Anybody do anything to spark no. social media? No. Uh, and boy, is, I mean, we're not going to get into it again because we spent all day of yesterday. Of course. My goodness, it is still going on. Well, and again, no offense. I mean, I, I think she meant well, but the president's wife didn't help matters by <laughs> suggesting n- that LSU come to the White House. Oh, yeah, and bring Iowa with you. Yeah, because they played well, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably not a good thing. All right, and so you want to get in on um, – I mean, we'll give you another day on that if you want to. We've pretty much said everything we're going to say. Uh, I don't think anybody's changed their minds on where they stand on that. I have a uh, question. Uh-oh, for- this ought to be good. You too. Oh, is the group you two. UConn, the best modern basketball program. The best they are now today. Over, over the past twenty-five seasons, UConn has won five championships. Duke and North Carolina have won three. Kansas, Villanova, Kentucky, and Florida have won two. So they're pretty far ahead of the pack. I will say this, and we we talked about this in the first segment. Yes, you could make a nice argument. They are, in the last 24, 25 years, the best basketball program, especially one that flies under the radar. They weren't even a preseason top 25 this year. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, so we talked about, is this a a blue blood? I think they might be in the midst of a college basketball dynasty if there is such a thing in college basketball, they're so difficult. It's so difficult to have a dynasty nowadays in college basketball. But I, 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 yes, I mean they're certainly the most successful team in the in the country in in that time frame. But we talked about do you include them as a blue blood, and it doesn't really. I, I don't know how you get inclusion into blue blood status, right? Like what's well, what's if they, if they can't get included, then is it an impossible task? 
because they've won their past five rings with three well, different coaches. Let's let's use the term blue blood. What does blue blood really mean? Like like if you go like to England with royalty, you just don't overnight become royalty. You know, you're born into the family. In basketball, you go back to the days when they started this in the 40s and the 50s, Kentucky, Kansas. And, you know, Duke was kind of a, a latecomer, and, and, and so was, you know, but Indiana was a blue blood back then because they were pretty strong. So if you're looking at tradition, you cannot include Connecticut. Here's the irony. You can include the women's program. Well, but the men's program is kind of a Johnny-come-lately. They, they didn't win their first tournament. But so. I guess the question becomes when, what is the threshold for having to win? I mean, it, it how it, after how many years are you no longer a Johnny-come-lately? Well, I think in our, in our time, Mark, Connecticut will not be a blue blood. Maybe 50 years from now, whoever's sitting here, can look back and say yes they are and it's in the you know it's the eyes of the beholder uh to me that term applies to your kentucky and you know even ucla wasn't a dominant program until the 60s i mean kentucky kansas indiana they were well established and we're not just talking about championships we're just talking about year in and year out being up there and being a good program and the more interesting question is not only when do you become a blue blood but when do you lose blue blood status like, how long do you have to go before, I mean, it's one thing, you're blue blood for winning over a long period of time, but at what point do you lose that status? Like, Indiana, for instance. Yeah, I don't you think. You brought up Indiana, which yeah, kind of sparked my curiosity yeah, about that. Yeah, I don't think you do. I, I think it's like when you belong to a club and, you know, you, you, you stay with a club and then maybe you pass on, but maybe a relative joins it. I don't think you ever lose the status. I think in our minds, like like in baseball, if the Yankees haven't won a World Series, I guess what, since 09 maybe? But still they're considered the blue blood of baseball just because they have so many. So in my mind, you may differ, you don't lose the status. And to answer um, the Triple G's question, yeah, can, right now Connecticut in the last 25 years is the best program. But, again, if you want to extend that for years and years, they are not no, – you got a caller? Okay. They're not number one when it comes to, you know, most titles. But like UCLA, I often wondered, is UCLA really a blue blood? They didn't win their first title since, what, 65? So, you know, Kentucky was established. Kansas was established. Indiana was established. So are, are you saying that you have you can only be a blue blood if you were successful before the year 1965? I'm saying that in the minds of many, programs that were back in the 40s and 50s that were winning, not necessarily winning titles, but winning consistently, those are programs that the media looks at as being, you know, the true blue blood tradition of basketball. Now, like I said, uh, Nick, maybe 30 years from now when you're running the board, I'm long gone. <laughs> You, you might look back and say, yeah, Connecticut. Yeah, definitely. Look what they've done. What? All right, here's a hypothetical for you. I know you love those. If Duke were to not win, or not, let's say Duke doesn't even make the Elite Eight for the next 30 years, just completely irrelevant for the next 30 years, you're saying you can't lose your status. Are they still a blue blood if they just become, you know, Irrelevant. Well, I won't be around here to argue that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I think right now they are because of Shusevsky, and they had a pretty good year this year, although they didn't win it. But, I mean, it's the most successful first-year coach in the history of Duke. So 
Uh, I would guess, though, since it's hypothetical, that yes, people would still re refer. We we often refer to the. Welcome back in. The opening kickoff wrapping up hour number one here on this Tuesday edition. Uh, we're going to bring in David Green from the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm, but it popped into my mind that Connecticut, the basketball champion, having won five, and the first was 1999, which is what, about 24, 25 years ago, and that's about when Green and Phillips first started up as they celebrate their 25th anniversary, right, Dave? Good morning. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, May 1st, 1998, uh, we started. And, uh, gosh, I'll tell you what, we've uh, been very fortunate to be able to help a lot of people, uh, thousands and thousands of people. Uh, I think it's getting close to about 50,000 clients over the past 25, uh, 25 years. So we've been very fortunate to help a lot of folks. But uh, what an interesting ball game last night. Uh, no real surprises for me. David, uh, I'm going to change subjects, uh, and uh, we did mention about Connecticut. We'll continue to do so. But I want to get on the issue of teen driving and, and safety. Is, is this, from what you've seen from your law firm cases and whatever, is this a prevailing issue, problem area with teens driving? Yeah, it really is, and it can be a super problem. You know, Alabama has a graduated-type uh, uh, scale for your driver's license. And I think it's really important for parents to sit down with their child uh, before, well before, uh, time for them to get their learner's permit, talk to them about driving, go ahead and get the booklet from the state, and just walk through it. Um, and, and start teaching a little bit about the car, the safety devices. Um, all, you know, I'm always very, very big on the safety devices, the seat belts. Um, all the things that your car is supposed to have, make sure that's working, but make sure that your children understand the importance of riding um, with their seatbelts on. A lot of cars uh, have the automatic seatbelts, but it's so important to wear seatbelts. Seatbelts make a huge difference. They save lives. We need to make sure kids are wearing their seatbelts and abiding by the rules, but make sure they understand the rules and make sure that they can talk to you about the rules. So, you know, the dinner table is a great place to have those conversations, um, even on a Saturday morning going out finding a parking lot, a big parking lot where you can sit out there and, and go through, um, you know, how to, how to park. I know that one of the guys that works with us is doing that with a, with a young daughter of his who's just turned 15. But you need to teach them how to drive and how to, how to act and leave the cell phones alone. Set the cell phones down, turn the cell phone off, you know, get the app that, that replies if someone calls them, I'm driving, I will call you back super important to learn these rules while you're a child i want to pick up very quickly on what we talked about last week and that was the skiing accident with gwyn paltrow the uh actress yep. the, the the jury came back and found in her favor they uh, this guy had uh, claimed that you know that he wanted three hundred thousand dollars he sued because he claimed that gwyn ran into him on the ski slope so the jury uh found uh, her not guilty he doesn't get the money, but she countersued in a request and gets one dollar. Now, my point is: is it? Do you find it pretty tough in this country for a celebrity 
to uh, be found guilty? Well, you know, I don't, I don't know the facts, quite frankly, and I haven't represented any celebrities that I recall. Uh, I think a few years ago we we had somebody that was fairly uh, fairly popular and fairly well known. But um, you know, I, I just think that uh, that particular case don't know a lot of the facts, did not hear the facts, was not there, was not privy to all the evidence that we that, that was presented. But it seems a little bit suspect. Uh, even my, my older son, who's about to start law school at Cumberland and Birmingham, uh, the football player, uh, Jay, even made a comment. He said, Dad, he said, I don't think that's much of the case. And, 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 and the thing about that particular case, um, you know, apparently this, this gentleman, you know, said he had a brain injury. Perhaps he did. But to have a brain injury and only be asking for, and, and not saying the $300,000 is not a lot of money, but for a brain injury, it certainly is not a lot of money. But um, it just seemed a little bit suspect, and perhaps the jury got it right. But uh, you know, I know celebrities can be targets, and uh, you know, the, the, the fact is, of course, I don't know that he even knew that who that knew that uh, you know she was a celebrity when this all occurred. But um, uh, perhaps they got it right because it did seem like it was a little bit overreaching by the, the gentleman. David, I thank you so much for joining us. The number to reach your law firm is? Very simple, 300-2000-251 in front of that, and you either get the Mobile or the Birmingham office, and the calls go in, and then, of course, if you need our services in Birmingham, you can be transferred up there, or you can stop by the Forbes building, uh, 4th Avenue North. Ben Warren's doing a fantastic job for us up there and their team, or you can Ask Brittany here in Mobile if you can speak to me. Glad to talk to you. Uh, you can come by 51 North Florida Street here in downtown or Midtown Mobile, and you never need an appointment at Green and Phillips. Appreciate it, David. I'll check in with you later. I want to pick care. up on something Nick brought up. When I first moved here in the 80s, and I would hear this term, and this is really where I first heard it, families, blue blood families, okay? Families that had been here for a long time, and I guess you would say, kind of grounded and very instrumental you, you don't lose your status you know if you're a blue blood family and and i'm not going to get into names or anything like that so and if you go by that uh trend of thought you know there are families and communities and so forth and here in mobile you are classified as blue blood families you, you never lose that you never say well okay one day i am and one day i'm not okay we were obviously talking about UConn and where you put them in the status of blue bloods. Are they a blue blood? And and if you do have a blue blood team, is is there a way to lose your blue blood status? Like so, Indiana forever will be a blue blood. I mean, they haven't won a, a championship since 1987. By the way, speaking of Indiana, did you hear the story about Bobby Knight yesterday? No. Okay, he was admitted to a hospital over the weekend. And, and something was sent out, I don't know if it was an email or a letter, to Indiana alums to pray for Bob Knight, pray for him. Well, when you hear stuff like that, you start thinking about the worst, right? And then, as I was about ready to write the story, we found out he's been released from the hospital. Now, I don't know, there's no details, undisclosed illness, so I don't know what it is, but it was just strange that in one minute, he's there, pray for him, for the alums to pray, and then the next minute, you know, he's out. I assume back home. Rodney Orr is next. Hour number two includes Jerry Palm as well and a chance for some Chick-fil-A. Stay with us.
This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, 7.02, hour number two. Here we are. It's the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee from the studios of WNSP. Quickly, again, want to congratulate Henry. Henry, you're our March Madness matchup winner. You had UConn winning the uh, national championship. You, sir, are the big winner today. All right, so, Henry, uh, what you need to do is just contact uh, Brian or Evan over at uh, Bailey's TV on government. They have your prize waiting for you. And then that you also get to ride the uh, Wave Runners, right? That is part of the uh, contest. Yes, you get two one-hour uh sessions on dog river uh and each wave runner or jet ski or whatever hold up to potentially three people right two 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 uh adults and a child so we make it a family affair so very cool uh very popular contest uh, is complete uh jansen was second with san diego state but which i pulled i might add by the way thank you very much so you're going to give him a transistor radio or something like that as a consolation prize uh yeah in fact while we while we uh visit with our next guest i need to do some research to see how our online bracket contest see if we can find a winner on that one let's talk to rodney or uh and of course our headline of connecticut uh winning over san diego state yesterday and by double digits again and only one of five teams ever to go through that six uh game run winning all by double digits all right let's talk to rodney or tighter insider rodney good morning how are you today Good morning, Lee and Mark. How are you guys? Good. Bring us up to date on what's going on with Alabama during spring practice, and let's start with the quarterback position. What are you hearing? Well, I think everybody's asking about the quarterbacks right now, and really, to be honest with you, it's it's kind of nothing that's uh, earth-shattering, nothing significant, really, to this point. Um, you know, I think we'll find out a lot more, hopefully, on Friday when the, when the scrimmage takes place. It'll be the first scrimmage of spring, so I think that's the real key. But, I mean, you, you hear some positive things about both of them and even the two true freshmen, Eli Holstein and uh, Dylan Lonergan. But, you know, again, nothing significant to this point. What what is uh, – and I've talked to you beforehand on the uh, – besides the quarterback position, some of the mm-hmm. other positions where you're hearing that you got quite a – let's say priorities right now, trying right. to get established players in there and, and get some depth? Mm-hmm. No, I think I think the offensive line right now is they've got they've only got twelve guys on the offensive line this spring, so everyone's getting reps. It's really competitive. The guys are getting to play multiple positions. Uh, you know, they've got to find a couple of spots there on the offensive line. They've got to settle those, but they're not going to do that this this spring. Likely, it's probably going to all this is going to carry over into August. But I, no, I think the things are going really well there. They've got a lot of competition at wide receiver. I think the name that's really bandied about the most is the JUCO transfer, the number one JUCO player in the country last year, Malik Benson, wide receiver, 10-400 meter guy. He's, he's really kind of turned some heads. And, and yeah, I think all the other younger guys that we saw last year, Isaiah Bond, uh, you know, Kobe Prentice, Kendrick Law, and then, of course, you got some returning guys. 
um, Ja'Cory Brooks, Jermaine Burton. Uh, I think they feel like they're going to be really, you know, solid at, at receiver. But I'm hearing, uh, Lee, that the, the tight end position is one that's probably going to make a big jump for next year. You you got the transfer from Maryland, C.J. Dupree, that's come in. He's a big guy. You know, he's at least 6'5", 250 plus. He's, he's really versatile. Uh, you know, I think they feel really good about him. Uh, Amari Nye Black's a guy that last year was a true freshman. He's really athletic guy. That's, could be a great receiver as an H-back type, worked in the slot. I think he can be really dangerous. Uh, Danny Lewis is a young player that was a freshman last year that, you know, played some. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of good things about him. Of course, Robbie Oots also. You know, he's he's been injured, but uh, you know, he'll, he'll be in the mix too once he's full speed. Talking with Rodney Orff, Tider Insider. You getting any kind of feel yet for the offensive coordinator and where this is going uh, with Reese as far as the uh, you know running the offense? Yeah, I think uh, you know I think it's pretty much like probably you know most people have said uh, they want to uh, get back to being more physical up front offensively. You know, run the football, uh, be a team. I think that the, the and it, this is overall team team wide. One of the top goals was you know they want to get back this spring to creating that uh, having that relentless mentality. You know, and uh, I think that's one thing that they're really striving for. It's a really physical spring. So I think offensively, you know, they want to get back to being able to do that, being able to run the football, control the line of scrimmage. Uh, but also they want, you know, as, as we know, they, they want to have balance. They want a quarterback that can, you know, distribute the ball in the passing game, you know, and have explosive receivers and, and make big plays. So, um, you know, those are the things they're trying to do. And I know Nick Saban said last week, you know, he said they wanted to really, you know, emphasize running the ball and play action passes. So, you know, you know it would be interesting to see. Rodney, let me ask you uh, from a philosophical standpoint, as you know, high school football here in the state at the end of their, if they still go ahead and do the May part and, and, and they usually have like a jamboree or some kind of controlled scrimmage against another school. Do you think someday we'll see that in college? I know we heard we, we talked about the story about who Freeze said he'd welcome something like that. It's come up in conversation. Would you like to see that instead of, a, let's say, an A-day where you have your team doing what you do during the whole spring, you know, offense, defense, play somebody else? Yeah, I think uh, Dabo's been talking about that. Dabo Sweeney's been talking about that for a long time. You know, what that what interest that would generate for college football in the spring. Now, I think that would be pretty pretty neat. Uh, you know, again, it, uh, will it happen? Who knows? But I do think it would be a great idea. You know why it hasn't happened, though? I, 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 it's going to be a lot more interesting. Why it hasn't happened? Yeah, I mean, is there any kind uh, of no, NCAA? No, I really don't. Now, honestly, until you brought it up, I haven't thought about it in a while because I know Dabo mentioned it several times uh, in the past, but uh, I really don't know to this point exactly what uh, if there's anything that would be a negative, you know, or a holdup or a reason why they wouldn't do it. I don't know. Maybe eventually they will. Uh, recruiting 2025, I hear they just got, what, a commitment from an offensive lineman? Mm-hmm. Mason Short out of Evans, Georgia. It's a really big kid. I mean, 6'7", probably 290 right now. Uh, he looks the part. 
I know Georgia was really surprised about that. They thought, you know, they thought he was a guy that they would, he was pretty locked up. Now, again, it's it's so early. I mean, even the 2024 guys, even though Alabama's got, I think the guys they have are pretty strongly committed in 2024, one of them right there, you know, in your backyard, Sterling Dixon. Uh, you know, I think those guys are pretty solid. But it's, it's, early. it's just so early, Lee, especially for a 2025 kid that, uh, you know, you got to hold on to them for a long time. Hey, as always, Rodney, really do appreciate the time. How can people get the latest from all things in Tuscaloosa? Well, it's tighterinsider.com. It's only $48 a year, and you can get instant access with your credit card. Or if you prefer, there is an address there to send a check. It gives you all the premium information. But also, our All Sports Forum, that's our community of Alabama fans. It's, it's really nonstop there, a lot of exchange on tighterinsider.com. Thank you so much for the time, man. We'll be in touch. Okay, guys. Take care. All right. So uh, we have an anonymous kind of winner of our bracket challenge. It's just ESPN fan 575-2485. So whoever that is. I think that was me. Yeah, there's only, there's no G in there, so we know it's not you. It might have been Lee's. That's let's go with that. Congratulations, Lee. He might have accidentally filled one out on his new iPhone and didn't even know it. Yeah, well, I mean I, those I, things those things are really smart, man. Those phones these days. So congratulations, well thank, done. Thank thank you. Yeah, I was listening. I think on Dan Patrick's show yesterday that I, I I forgot the number of all the brackets that came in. There were only like. I don't know, 14 or so. It was like one out of every 600,000 actually had these teams in the final four. Yeah, we had uh, 34 or so brackets that were listed. And uh, this one came in first pretty uh, by a pretty wide margin. So um, let's see. I was the first loser at number two. Yay. Bronner was 11. Uh, LeBou- Corey was tied for 14th. Triple G tied for 19. I feel like I was technically first, though. Because <laughs> well, of you how can feel confidently how yeah. I went against the grain on my Alabama prediction. Okay, so no, no f- number one seed, no number two seed, no number three seed made it to the final four. Down the road, I'm wondering, was this one of those unusual years, like a blip, or is this something that's going to prevail? Obviously, I have no answer for you right now, but is this something that in the future, who cares who's four or five? Obviously, Connecticut's playing like a number one seed these days, but a number four seed winning, no one, two, or threes even in the final four. Is this, the, is this where college basketball is going now? No, I think this is a warning sign to the committee that they're going to have to rethink how they seed teams based on a number of issues now. I think you'll have to take into account NIL, transfers, uh, experience on that team. Uh, and I think what you're seeing now is you're, you'll have to um, – you can't just automatically assume that a win over a quote-unquote blue blood is as valuable as some of these other – other teams, p- potentially even the mid-majors, because the gap's closing. Li- Nick is shaking his head furiously. Well, I, I was, but you answered differently than what I would have said, but then your explanation was the same explanation that I was going to give. Okay. The gap is closing. The talent level on your 10 seed compared to your 1 seed is pretty comparable nowadays just because of how good at basketball everyone is. You have the transfer portal of people leaving these 
blue blood schools and going to other schools and still being competitive. So I think that this is just the beginning of what's to come. It'll always be crazy, random, just because of there's not that big um, disparity between the well, team's here's, talent. Here's another problem the committee has, though. Okay, let's take Connecticut, for instance. They didn't have a great year in the Big East. They were fourth. That's where all their losses were. So it's not like they say, oh, yeah, this overwhelming favorite, let's get them to one or two or three. Same thing with San Diego State. No Mountain West team has ever made it this far. So these are things that I think probably ran through their minds in the meetings. I think it was kind of easy to pick four teams to be top seed based on records, you know. And, and again, you know, going with your Alabama, your Purdue's, teams like that that had remarkable records during the year. But – now I'm wondering, how deep do you want to go into this transfer portals? Is this a team that has a chance? I don't know if they would hypothetically say, well, I think this team is actually going to be really good. I think we'll put them up one or two. Yeah, I think this is, this is what's going to be happening down the road. That uh, you know, you're, you're going to have to back off that, well, just because they're number one seed, they're going to go all the way. I don't think it's going to be like that. There's no dominant team anymore. Well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's a good thing because it gives a lot of programs hope, fan base hope. Yeah, the ticket prices would indicate otherwise. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm I looking think- at it from the standpoint of competitive games and the fact that, well, fan base is now, hey, there's actually hope that well, we're 13 seed, maybe we can do something. Uh, I, I, I feel like the reason the ticket prices were so low is because there wasn't any star power. If you had one of these Cinderella teams with a real bankable star that everyone liked, like imagine if Kansas State made it, and what was his name, Noel, the yeah. 5'8 guy? Yeah. Those tickets would have been higher. Maybe so. I think you got to find but, that bankable but star. Lee talked about how there were competitive games, yet the, here we are in the championship, and that game wasn't competitive at all. Yeah, and you run the risk of that anytime, though, right? Yeah, you're going to – usually you're lucky if you get – let's say when you get to the two games on a Saturday or Sunday, you're lucky if you get one like we did. We had uh, San Diego State. It's just Connecticut had one of those – such a dominant team. I knew their game wasn't going to be that competitive yesterday, although give credit to the Aztecs. They cut it to five, right, about four or five five minutes ago. They got it, you know, within reach, and then, you know, Connecticut strength took over. But but he's right, like – how many people really knew who Sangoro is, okay? I, I only remember his name from a game he had against Auburn, but he's not like a household name. It's not like – I didn't even see him like on first-team AP or anything like that. All right, so we'll continue this conversation on the other side. You guys can uh, get a shot at some Chick-fil-A when we come back as well. Hugh Freeze pitching what we've talked about on this show for a long time when it comes to spring games. Instead of the Chick-fil-A I could eat there seven times a day Where the people laugh and children play Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A All right, boys and girls, here it is. Your daily shot at the wonderfulness known as Chick-fil-A. UConn has become only the fourth I'm sorry, only the second fourth-seeded team ever to win the men's NCAA championship. For your Chick-fil-A, call Nick, 694-1055. Who was the only other fourth seed to go the distance and win? 
All right, and then you get a little Chick-fil-A. So uh, Jerry Palm's going to join us next at 7.30 to talk about uh, last night's game, which, quite frankly, I thought was kind of a dud. Uh, maybe maybe that my thought process there is impacted by the fact that we just got finished watching Iowa and LSU in the, in the women's game. Uh, but it just... There was a there was a point there late where they kind of cut it to six. I'm like, all right, here we go. But we just kind of sat there and waited at my house for for it to get competitive, and they just it just never got there. Do you mind if I play devil's advocate on this? I would expect nothing less. All right. So, if you really look into the Iowa LSU game, I think the closest the closest that uh, Iowa got was like eight points. At least San Diego State cut it to five in the yeah. second half. So yeah, I'm kind of with Lee on this one. So did you watch the girls' game last yesterday? Uh, I watched some of it, but I was like, it just wasn't okay. that entertaining to me. Okay, so you watched some of it. Did you watch the whole game last night, Lee? No. Okay. Yeah, I saw both games in their entireties. Yes. There was always a chance that Caitlin Clark was going to go off. Hmm. And 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 bring it back, right? There was always there was talk that LSU was hitting at such a high clip in that first half it that there was no way they were going to sustain that. So yeah. there was always that feeling that you never got that impression. Well, I with, got the impression with the game last night that that San Diego State was going to make it a game. I got the impression in the LSU Iowa game that once the technical was called on Clark. And uh, LSU went to the line, and they got the ball. And then it got double digits. I didn't think there was any way they were coming back in the, the fourth quarter. And I'm glad you brought that up because I thought there were other storylines to that, right? So, of course, there was a whole Caitlin Clark, but the officials became a huge part of that game. And then there was the controversial technical foul. So, like, there were other factors in that game that I thought made it more compelling. In this game, it was just like, man, UConn's really big and— really athletic <laughs> and San Diego State really can't do anything about it why are they trying to slow it down and run offense like they can't get a shot up so um other than one shining moment at the end and waiting to see what Jim Nance was going to say uh on his final farewell there just wasn't a whole lot of whole lot is of meat on the bone. is that the reason you stayed up to watch it to hear Nance I, I had work to do I got gotcha. you what what was uh your guys's favorite game throughout the tournament if you had to pick one, what what do you think the game was just the highlight of the entire tournament? Best game? Mm-hmm. Well, you know how it is in sports. It's what happened just recently. So, obviously, the Saturday game with uh, the, the buzzer beater, although I was kind of hoping for FAU to win, but I think there was a – there had to be a game or two before that, and I just and I have to so start. You had the Kansas State game. Okay, that would have been it. Though anything yeah. with Noel, anything yeah. with Noel would have been that my favorite game. What about that Gonzaga game? I didn't with uh, UCLA. Yeah, I didn't stay up to see that. Mark probably did. I uh, did. Was good I was partial to one of the one of the. I can't remember which Princeton win, but there was a like there was a Princeton win in there that was pretty good. Um, the, the Caitlin Clark South Carolina game that might be the best one. Honestly, oh, you're including okay. I would put that in there. I didn't know you were going to include the women, but anything with. Uh, uh, Marcus Noel, any game that he was in and the game at Madison Square Garden was, but I will certainly include that, the South Carolina, because I did watch most of that. Did you guys see that Marcus Noel has declared for the NBA draft? Yeah, we, I mentioned that yesterday, which 
kind of surprised me a little bit. It's yeah, like, five foot eight, shoots thirty eight percent from so, the field. So you're right. Who would you take in the? I mean, does he even get drafted? And then no. Wendell Green, did you see? And he's not much taller than Noel. He also declared. He might get drafted sixtieth. Maybe. Maybe uh, maybe Wendell Green's just trying to ride the the now, momentum of. The, the very small window of success short guards have had in the tournament. Let's Look, go. Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas was drafted uh, as the last pick of the draft, and he had a decent little NBA career out in Boston. Well, let me point out, too, that you in the NBA, at least, you can apply for the draft, but you can take your name out by May 31st and go back to a school. Hey, Jerry Palm is next right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Stay with us. here on a um, Tuesday edition of the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. You guys can jump in at 694-1055. Jeremy in the app made the point we kind of made yesterday, which I think is dead on. I think the main reason, especially guys like me say, man, the, the women's game the other night was so much better than last night's game. Part of that reason was personalities, and we and we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about that. It's why the NBA, and I know there's not a lot of folks around here that love the NBA, but it's why the NBA has always been popular. And when it was at its highest uh, peaks, it, it it's not just about the style of basketball or, or the competency of the basketball player, but it's about the personalities in the game. You can make that same argument for golf, tennis, uh, baseball to some degree. Uh, you name it. It's really professional sports has really come up, has started to be about personalities, this, and and the college game is 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 catching up. Remember, you brought this up. I I don't remember who you were talking to, in the conversation we had about personalities. But it, it's a throwback to the days when the old Madison Square Garden, and I remember going to Nick games, and on the marquee, it would be something like. Come see Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Sure. It was always about a player. You know, and we always refer to college basketball as a coach's game. But to be honest with you, how many people really go out to see the coach's coach? You want to see a personality. If you're going to look at the difference between Sunday's women's game and last night's men's games, I agree with you. The personalities. The fact is, well, okay, even though it was a long road back, for Iowa, you still had hope because of Caitlin Clark, or you were watching to see what she would do. It'd be the same thing, and, and, and sorry about going back in history, but if I was watching an LSU game, men's game, back in the 70s, and maybe they were losing big, I'd still stay with it just to see Pete Maravich or Cal Murphy when I did a game with Niagara and, and Syracuse. So I agree with you that the, the personalities would draw you into that game more so than last night's game because, quite frankly, there really wasn't, unless you're a big, big fan of either school, there just wasn't much there to lure you in. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, yeah, I mean, you look at golf and when Tiger was doing his thing, this LIV PGA thing has been great for golf. Now, the PGA won't ever admit that, but it's been great for the game of golf as we come up on the Masters. Um, you know, we talk about the rift between, you know, Jimbo and Nick Saban, right? Like, that's that's kind of what fuels it. Or when it's when it's Dabo versus Nick Saban or whatever it is, it's, it's always that that personality or that personality clash that adds to the excitement. Now, look, you'll always have, you know, purists, basketball purists. And what I like about the tournament more than the regular season is you see such differing styles play against each other, right? That's why the, the Princetons of the world are always fun to watch because they're playing a different style of basketball. So you'll always get that part of it, but that's not what drives well, the masses and the, when and, you bring and up the mod in the, in the, the, the um, mainstream fans to the game. You're right, and when I, and like go back in history with Princeton, I really enjoyed watching what Bill Bradley was playing because Bill Bradley was a star and he was like one of the best players in college basketball at the time. And there's a guy that once scored over 50 points in an NCAA game, but I think it was for third place. Uh, so you know, from that standpoint, hey, uh, by the way, did uh, we get a winner on the Chick Fil A? Uh, question negative ghost rider okay i'm gonna give a hint on this okay i'm gonna give a hint the question was and this is your last opportunity connecticut is only the second fourth seed ever to win the ncaa men's tournament name the other school as a fourth seed and their first round opponent was south alabama okay up for grabs, a little Chick-fil-A. All right, so what if, how would you all feel as we sit here and talk about these hypotheticals, right? So Hugh Freeze comes out and, and, and is now talking about, man, let's play other folks. Everybody keeps talking about, what if you play somebody else in the state? Like, what if you go get a UAB or a South or a Troy or Jack, whatever? What if, why not shoot for the moon? Why not go get another Power 5 Blue blood. For using that. <laughs> Why not go get Michigan or, or, or small steps, Mark? Small steps. Let's start. Let's just get something going because I know. Okay, this and then, week, and then you'd, it would have to be a, a two-year contract. You come to us, we'll right. come to you. So everybody gets the gate and all that kind of stuff. But how about that? All right. First of all, I'm going to backtrack on this. How much interest do you really have to talk about the Auburn A Day game this Saturday? I don't. Absolutely. I agree with you. We agree on that. No interest at all. I mean, you know, even Hugh Freeze seems bored by it, trying to come up with a format. You know, how are we going to do this? So, okay, if you get an opponent, I, I say take small steps, at least get something going, I and then maybe get, gravitate. Get USC to come to Tuscaloosa. Uh, that becomes a money. Game. That comes a money issue. Then you know you're traveling and all that. Do right, they want to spend the? Do they want to spend the money for just a scrimmage? No, but then you get the return trip and you you charge 25, 45, 50 bucks a ticket. I'd go to Alabama USC on April 11th or whatever it is. And you could do it the same way and then or get UCLA or 
or well, you, Oregon. As you and said, it's a trip for the kids. Yeah, but as you're saying, you're shooting for the moon there. I'm saying let's just start getting something going first. And, you know, you keep it in state because the, the cost would be down, the transportation. You have somebody close to campus, so you're not spending a, you know, you can bus over there. Uh, to get in the bus, Troy, and go over to Auburn or something like that just to have a, a controlled scrimmage, okay? Now, if it ever gets to that point, which I doubt, at least in my lifetime, then you can maybe escalate and see if it could take off. But I don't see that happening where you're going to get two Blue Bloods or two Power 5 teams going against one another in a spring game. We just hope it happens during the regular season. Uh, by the way, we have a winner on the Chick-fil-A, and that winner is Chris. He got the answer to your question. Chris, very good. That was Arizona in 1997, and if you remember, their first-round opponent was South Alabama. Mark, we had them down by, what, nine with about six or seven minutes to go. They went on to beat us, and that Lute Olson's team went on to win the national championship. And I've told this story before. If I bore you, I'm sorry. But after the <laughs> it's game, it's not going to stop you from calling yeah, it. Yeah, whatever. Again. Yeah, if uh, at the end of the game, we had the late game, so our game didn't get over till what eleven? That's right. No, I'm sorry. I was I'm just, I was just late. No, that's okay. That's how I was last night. So um, it got over about eleven thirty at night. We're playing at the Pyramid in Memphis. I don't that I don't even know if they use the Pyramid anymore. So afterwards, they have drug testing. So I'm finally leaving the arena after doing the post game and all that. It's around midnight. And I'm seeing these players come out. Obviously, they weren't drug testing South Alabama because the Jags lost. They were drug testing some of the Arizona players. But the guys they were testing were like the 11th and 12th players on the team. Yeah. You didn't have Terry. You didn't have Jefferson. I'm trying to remember. Was Bippy on that? Uh, they, had, they had some guys that went on to play in the NBA the, the, after that. But they, these guys were like the 11th or 12th or 13th players on the team, and they're coming out of the uh, locker room after being tested around midnight. They should test the guys that lost. Maybe the reason they lost because they were on the wrong drugs. They should test them before the game starts. Ooh. Yeah. What are you doing it afterwards? They're dehydrated. All right, so hear me out. Alabama goes to Nebraska for Ooh. a spring game. Then the Cornhuskers <laughs> come to Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Auburn goes to Oregon. Right. How about that? Or Stanford. Like, how much fun would that be? Well, it'd be more fun in the regular season because it's two national right, teams. Right, but because, you know, we got to, you know, we're going to, what's the playoff going to be like? Who do we schedule? Like, there's all these questions. This gives you a little more freedom to just pick a random school. Very good, except I I can, I, I'm not going to guarantee, um, this is not a Nick guarantee, I doubt the head coaches would go for it. Because you're not preparing your team in that light. I mean, guys are being held out, uh, injury, whatever. You're not you're not gearing up like going over scouting reports to face a Nebraska or an Oregon. I don't think that could ever happen. Heck, but, I'm not even sure what we're talking about could ever happen. Here's here's but here's where this makes more sense though, because if 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 South goes to Alabama to play. You damn right they're looking at the scout report because they want to try they're they're trying to beat Alabama. At least when you have Alabama going to USC or whatever, both teams are gonna be trying to win I, equally. Yeah, well I I kind of disagree a little bit. I think when you get these controlled scrimmages and things, you're really just looking for the betterment of your team. I will tell you this. Well, well, okay, wait a minute, stop. wait a minute. Your memory is no better than mine. Write it down. Kane Woolmack is on tomorrow. 
ask him how he'd feel about that. I think they're just like, and if you just ask these coaches what's going on now, well, we're just trying to get better at positions. We're just trying, we're, we're well, concerned does, about how us. How does Alabama's starting unit going against Jacksonville State or Alabama State or Alabama A&M, how is that going to make them better? It's not. I think competition, no matter what, makes you better. That's not competition. Yes, Lee. it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You know as it's well as, as I do. It's not no, as no. much competition as you know as, your, no. Alabama's second team. In most of these games during the regular season, you know that these teams that play the non-conference will take maybe a Sunbelt team or so forth, although they've been pretty good in these games. They're going to give you a pretty good game for a half at least. And then, then when the depth comes to play, Maybe the heat wears them down. The games are mostly, you know, you're not down 30 to nothing in most cases in the first quarter that they are competitive. But in a scrimmage, a control stream of the spring, you're not really looking so much. It's not who, it's like with high schools here. They're not concerned whether they win or lose. They don't even care about the stats. They just want to get players experience and get better. That's all. It's not about so, wins so and losses. So why play a different opponent at all? Just, just let's just keep interest, it the way it is. Let, because the but guys, that's not have, what they're interested they've in, been said. banging heads for 14 days. Let's get somebody else out there and see what we got. You, you want to, you want to go from step one to step 100. I'm saying to go slowly and just get an opponent in state. And you want, you want the sky. You want the moon. Let's do it. Let's do it. Who do you sound like? Alabama versus, Alabama versus Ohio State. Spring Nick, game, what do you think? Let, right, let's call it an arbitrator. That's ridiculous. Yeah, listen. That's a, come on, Nick. Help us. Yeah, I was yeah. totally listening to all that. So I'm going <laughs> to side with Lee. Mark is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I'll forget if I don't say this. Uh, new show tomorrow, Wednesday. That's right, Lee. Thank you so much uh, for plugging that. <laughs> yes. Tomorrow at 5.30 p.m., WNSP Now Live, where we will bring you one of our exclusive online shows from online to on air, a different show every week. This week, it's the return of Root and myself, and we'll be doing our NBA preview and a live version of the Double Team NBA show. After that, it'll be Throw It Deep with Michael Bronner, NFL show. And then after that, it'll be Joey Warner's Batter Box. I, would you ask Joey Batter's if he can get box. Mark on with his uh, baseball show? See if he'd want to bring Mark on? Bring Mark on the baseball show? Yeah, yeah. It'd be something oh, different. I, I wouldn't want to be a ratings bonanza. <laughs> Maybe you could come on. the uh, sports station WNSP and WNSP.com. It's the opening kickoff. Mark Lee and Triple G in the studios. All right. Do you remember when I no. first, you don't, you haven't even got to my point yet. You're just being arrogant. Is that what it is? Arrogant. Are you being arrogant? <laughs> Are you being, not, let's see. Well, I don't, I can't use that word. All right. This had to do with dental implants. And you know what, Mark? You're going to need them sooner or later. Okay. Okay, I'm telling you now. I'm not going to guarantee it, but I think you're going to need them. Maybe not next year, but maybe when you get into your 60s or 70s. Okay. And if I'm still around, I'm going to try to reach you, you know, and say, I told you so. But anyway, if you do, 
Dr. Christopher Mullenix, and I, he doesn't need a referral now, but I'm referring you to him, and, and for good reason, because I've had dental implant work, six, seven, eight, I, I've lost count, but things have been going very well, as you know. I have not been there for uh, a couple of years now, and I credit him with the dental work that was done. With Dr. Christopher Mullenix at 715 Downtown or Boulevard, it works like this. Obviously, you make an appointment, and they're located at 715 Downtown or Boulevard. I'll mention that again. The waiting room, I, I couldn't believe how quick you're there. They, you know, you, you magazine, you start reading, and, and, and before you know it, you're not even through the first page, and they bring you back for the x-rays, and before you know it, I'm in the dental chair, and 30 minutes later, after the best sleep I've had in a long time, I'm out of there. Now, you worry about pain and discomfort. They tell you to get pain medicine. I did, but I didn't have to use it, and I had very little discomfort, and for those very reasons, that's who I would recommend. Uh, we do thank Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery. They're our title sponsor, Mark and I. Is it Matt going out with us this week? Uh, I believe that is the case. Or is it case. Nick? Okay. Uh, we're going to be at Theodore. We haven't been there for quite some time, so we're looking forward. They have a new football coach out there. we try to get acquainted with them, a new football coach slash athletic director. So we'll be out there. Thanks again to Dr. Christopher Mullenix and, of course, you know, our other sponsors that we have. But you can call them if you have an emergency to get into a fight in the morning like sometimes we have here. Uh, 471-3381. You can't be telling everybody behind the scenes secrets. Now everybody knows why you've had so many implants. <laughs> Lee, Lee, do you like it better when I come out there on Friday mornings or when Matt comes oh, out here there? here we go. Oh, that's even. I like when both of you, you're both very good. You were very good, Nick. You you get out there very early. You set up. You, you have a great disposition with the people. Uh, you know what you're doing. And you stay with us. <laughs> uh, should I should I have thrown that in or not, Mark? <laughs> so you like it. So why do you like it when Matt comes out then? Uh, Matt's very good on the air with us too, as Nick is. They're, they're both fine. Look, I like them both. I'll I'll tell you this. All right, I, I'm gonna. You tell me not to tell secrets, but I'm going to. I have been out there on these vehicles longer than either of you two. Probably longer than he was born. Right. I have not had one issue with either Matt or Nick as far as losing your temper. You know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean. Okay. So, in other words, when things don't go right, fine. Okay? You deal with it. You don't blow steam. You don't go off the handle. I have been years ago, and I'm happy to say that neither Nick or Matt <laughs> well, creates we problems. Well, let's change that. No, let's not. They don't, they don't are, create are you problems? You they, never popped your top on one of us, or we haven't popped our top on you. Either or. None of us have. I don't lose my there cool. might have been a uh, There might have been a guy or two that have, has taken the bus out that lost his stuff. Oh, yeah. And I've uh, been there, on, and I've seen it, and it, they just lose it. Multiple people. Yeah. You're I, right. you know, how, so when did we first get the sports cruiser? You the one we have hot, now? No, that's Air Sports 1. I'm talking about the cruiser, the one before that, the hot box, the one— that I actually did a show out there in, in a raging storm, and I thought I was going to get electrocuted in that hot box. What, you remember which one I'm talking about? The cruiser. I think I know which one you're talking about, but the only one who, who was going to get electrocuted, did you remember? I don't remember who was driving it, but the, ta the, the top, the tower, hit some electrical wires. I don't remember Do that. you remember that? I know Taylor hit the guy. wasn't caught, Taylor. He, he knocked the dish off 
when he went through the tunnel. Okay, it, he did. <laughs> yeah, he's kidding me. I'm pretty sure that was him. Is that why we have all the holdups now? People have to drive yeah. around the dish. No, but seriously, we had, uh, and it wasn't the one we have now. This was years ago. We had a vehicle that we took out, and whoever was driving it, obviously, accidentally, they had they forgot to put the top down or whatever it was. You know that you get the air signal and it hit the electrical wire and yeah. we, that there was a lot of concern about that's a good way to get electrocuted so he likes you both equally uh, yeah because of their in disposition fact, you guys are so equal i almost just called you matt right now because in my eyes you guys are basically the same the point is you yeah, both look similar you both come prepared you're there early you get the job done and, both, and both you're, of them get there early well one gets there earlier than the other and the disposition uh, we we don't have any flare-ups, is what I'm saying. If if we go off the air, well, fine. Not hemorrhoids, Lee. <laughs> if you two are my hemorrhoids and I'm your hemorrhoid cream. <laughs> Listen to boy talk about a toilet <laughs> joke. That's awful. Uh, Sorry. Potty mouth. Really. Someone down the road. Daddy, what's that? Never mind. Um. All right. So coming up in hour number three. By the way, I'm liking more and more my idea. Oh, your idea stinks. Shooting for the moon No, here. Mark, it's absolutely absurd. If you're going to go, go hard, Shervanian. First of all, you know it can't happen because we don't even have a groundswell. We don't even have a situation where Auburn, Alabama. All South I'm doing is taking your, 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 my cute, advice. your cute little idea and I'm pumping it full of steroids. And I'm saying, <laughs> go compete for titles. In the spring. So Lee Lee says we need like Hugh Freeze. He's like, guys, let's get one of the in-state schools. It'll be cute. It'll be fun. It'll give me. And I'm saying no. Like I'm doing my nick here. No, listen. Get the big boys. Go get Oregon. Go get Ohio State. And then wait, listen, listen. You can switch it the next year. You go to them. That's what I'm talking about, brah. But all I'm hearing is that your impression of Nick is just that he has really good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want more ideas, Wednesday, Wednesdays at 5.30 in the afternoon if you want more ideas. Yeah. That's right. Listen, on SEC, on, 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 on WNSP Now? Yeah. We're talking NBA, people. NBA, people. Hey, by the way, I'm not allowed to talk about on this show. <laughs> by, by the I'm way, taking when, it to 5.30 when, on Wednesday. When, when, does the, when do the playoffs <laughs> begin? By the way, they didn't. there was no NBA games last night. That's why they weren't in the scoreboard, okay? There weren't any. Yes. They take the night off. By the off. way, just for clarification, since we're using the word by the way a lot. By the way, just because we mentioned the scoreboard, I don't think that counts as being a part of the show. Just saying. Yeah, but technically the scoreboard is actually during a commercial break. It is so. a different entity. On so you're own. saying what is, what's on the log is not part of the show. The log, which you never look at when I'm not here. Well, w would you consider the ABC news break part of the show? Absolutely. Oh. Go well. tell tell Mr. Camp that it is not part of the show. See what he says to you. Okay. W would you consider <laughs> the commercials that aired during the game last night part of the part of that show i think if you talk to our production director he'd say yes who's our production director uh, but what, what do they call it a break for what are we taking a break from exactly so in other words show? you don't think we should take a break just continue with dead we'll air be, we've done that before too <laughs> we'll be back right after this right so we're obviously not here we're, we're going yeah, somewhere we're leaving and we're coming back 
listen, people. You know what? Look, I, I view your Here's scoreboard something. as its own. Would you entity. would you it's like to come show. in? Would you like to come in here at six in the morning and work for free? Don't I already? No. Wait, you guys are getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> it is hard to believe, isn't it? You know, if you just want to continue without the log and no commercials, that's what's going to happen. Let's just freestyle it. Uh, we, uh-uh. we did that once, didn't we? We've done that a, a few times. times. Yeah, Nick, Mark, and Lee, WNSP. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin Ferguson and Richie Riley. Here comes hour number three next, right here on the Sports Station. We'll be back after this. the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com the latest sports news traffic weather and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian the opening kickoff kickoff here are Mark and Lee Eight oh two, hour number three here on an animated and well, out there kind of addition to the opening kickoff. I'm Mark. That's Lee. We're in the studios at WNSP. So maybe um, you know when Lanyap has all the awards, people vote. Who's the best Air Sports One commandant? Maybe Nick or Matt. Seems like an awfully specific category. Well, aren't most of them? Yeah. Well. You can openly nominate. I mean, I don't know. What are the, who are the blue bloods of of Air Sports One drivers? Bloods. <laughs> you know who's a blue blood? <laughs> who's that? Henry Papa. He was one of the first. Yeah. Remember? I, Were you ever with Henry? Uh, but no. does his blue blood status still stand if he doesn't even operate a bus anymore? It's a good point. Kept it cleaner than anybody else. He might be the Indiana of yeah. uh, <laughs> <I'm> UConn. <laughs> he kept it cleaner. He vacuumed it all the time. All right. Let's talk uh, headlines. Connecticut, uh, they won last night the men's title, fifth title since 1999. Uh, they beat San Diego State 76-59. to So we're trying to figure out the format for the uh, Auburn A-Day game. Who better to bring in from the uh, uh, Observer, Auburn Observer, than our good friend Justin Ferguson. Justin, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are y'all? Yeah, I want you to disregard any comments by Mark Heim today. He's just totally off the wall. So, but, uh, so it's basically like any other time you're here, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to. Yeah, we'll get uh, it sounds like a good morning. Yeah, it is. We'll we'll get to that in a minute. But I want to ask you, what is the format for this Sunday, uh, Saturday? Yeah, so the A Day game is going to have a very different format than what we've been used to seeing, and it's an idea that uh, Hugh Freeze had in his past stops. He's bringing it to Auburn. Basically, it's going to be offense versus defense. Uh, the defense is going to start the game with a set number of points on the scoreboard. Uh, they're still going to determine how many that's going to be this week. But basically, the, 
the, the thought is is that the offense has to beat that number and the defense has to hold the offense to under that number to win the game. Um, and, you know, if there's defensive touchdowns or stuff like that, that obviously will go to, you know, help out the defense's cause. But uh, it'll be offense versus defense. Uh, you know, he freezes those. Didn't want to, you know, do anything where it's like first team versus second team just to get some stat padding going on, or one of those weird uh, scoring systems where you know you get a point for like a fumble or something like that. So uh, it, it's going to be kind of pretty distilled into what uh, uh, what football is at its core, which is just offense versus defense. So it'll be very interesting to see. I think it'll make for a more competitive game than you usually get. I mean, it's still going to be a spring game, but I think the format is is a lot more interesting than, you know, just to what we've been used to seeing over the years here. Why are they charging $10? They used to be free. Then it was $5. Now they upped it to $10. Is that to help pay these co- coaches' salaries? I guess. I mean, it is, it's really goofy to, to charge folks to go to a spring game, I think. Like, I get, I get you know, the you know, whoever works it, like uh, event staff and stuff like that, you know, those, those guys aren't free, but yeah, it's it's. I've never understood it. I feel like you can get more attendance, obviously, by making it free or you know, five dollars. And yeah, you know, free's had another idea that he says he's been pushing for for a long time um, with spring games. Is he wants to see them turn into exhibitions uh, where you kind of like in high school and kind of like in the NFL as well. Like you get to play a a preseason game uh, where you get to play against another team. And his idea is, you know, to have you know teams in the same state come together. Um, and 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 play and you know every instead of splitting the gate uh, down the middle, just give all that to charity. Um, so I think that would be an awesome idea to do, and that's something you can do even if you never get to that point where you're where you're playing against another team in, in spring game. But yeah, you know, so, charge the ten bucks a pop for for a glorified practice. I just I, I I've, I've never understood it. Justin, we've been pushing for that for years on this show to get yep. it in state. Now my colleague here wants to shoot for the moon. Yeah, so the part where you're not supposed to pay attention or listen to me, if we're going to do this, let's do it, man. Let's get two-year contracts, and Auburn can go out to, like, Oregon or Stanford, and then they return. Then you can charge, and and you make a little money or whatever. And my whole, my whole problem with the exhibition is that one team's going to be trying just a little bit harder than the other, right? They're going to want to make their mark on the college football world. Well, if you bring in an equal uh, opponent of, of equal mm-hmm. stature, then then we're both either going to really go at it or we're both going to say, all right, look, first quarter we're going with the uh, first team, second team, second quarter we're going with the subs, blah, 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 whatever. So shoot for the moon. Have, like, Ohio State come into Tuscaloosa or send or go to USC or bring UCLA in. And, you know, we always talk about these matchups that are so hard to attain during the regular season anyway with the playoff coming up and who do we schedule and it's so far down the line and we need this type of opponent. Well, we settle all that. You have a fun scrimmage. You bring in a quote-unquote blue blood. Tell me why that wouldn't work. Uh, you know, I think it would be a, a really cool idea for sure. I mean, I think you could you could do a, you could do a number of things like that. You could, um, you know, do something where – you know, if you have kind of iffy about, um, you know, who who plays where or what, and, and 
and all that. I mean, you could do stuff like what we see they do in college basketball from time to time, and and you know bring several teams to one site and have them play against each other, and you know kind of like a kind of like a um, you know a Champions Classic kind of thing like they do, where you know you'll have a few more key games in the same building. I think that would be a cool idea to do it as well. I just you know I think everybody'd be better. It would be a preseason game. Everybody would you know not try to you know kill each other or anything like that. Quarterbacks would go live, but you know it, it would be a way that I think. Uh, gets more people interested in the sport at this time of year. Gets more people fired up, and um, you know, I, I think it's a, I think it's pretty telling that you know the the only spring game that's on TV, like actual TV this year, is Colorado. Um, because I think you know, it used to be you, you get a ton of them. I just think you know the the popularity of these things has kind of gone downhill over the years. So it'd be a way again to I think make more money and get more excitement for everybody. I just want to see something get going, and then we could maybe take Mark's idea once we get a game or two. And I, you know, I'm sure. all for the in-state game, where if Troy buses over to Auburn or South buses up to Alabama, just to get something going. Okay, uh, besides the quarterback position, what's got your interest uh, in this scrimmage this coming Saturday? Yeah, I'm really interested to see just kind of uh, how Auburn's defense. Um, kind of lines things up, especially up front um, with their front, you know, six or seven, and just kind of what that looks like um, because there's a lot of mixing and matching going on. You've heard a lot about it several guys, like the transfers that have come in on the defensive line. Um, they just need more guys also to step up at edge rusher. Um, the inside linebackers have gotten a lot of love here uh, in the spring. Um, you know, how, you know, who, who stands out the most from that from that group it's just this defensive front is going to look a lot different this year because of the players that are that they lost from last season the players that they brought in um the new systems and the new style from ron roberts and so i'm really interested to see just kind of what the best combinations are and who kind of stands out there from that group back on the offensive side i mean i feel like you know your running game is going to be strong you feel like most of your offensive line, you kind of know who the go-to guys are now. Um, but wide receiver and tight end, uh, you know, who steps up there? I mean, this wide receiver group has gotten a lot of criticism, um, and because you know they haven't necessarily been firing on all cylinders, they've been dealing with some injuries in spring ball. Um, who can step up and kind of make some big plays and and stand out? So I mean, I think those are two areas that you could really see a lot of intrigue, a lot of mixing and matching. And, you know, I think there will be guys who are fired up to kind of make a name for themselves on Saturday. Okay, I'm going to break from the football. I, I thought a big story, and obviously not many people probably are, are invested in this, but, you know, with the Auburn gymnastics team, you know, they finished out the regular season and, and they went to the regional, but they didn't have their Olympic medalist, Suni Lee. And then the story came out uh, why she did not participate. Do you want to talk about that, Justin? Absolutely, yeah. So Cindy Lee, uh, you know, missed the last few meets of the year uh, for Auburn uh, with a with a kidney issue uh, that she was talking about. It was something away from gymnastics that kept her uh, from training at 100. percent She's going to go try to go be back in the Olympics. Um, you know, try to qualify for the team that goes to Paris. Uh, next year, um, but uh, yeah, she missed the last few meets of the year. Missed SECs, missed um, you know NCAA's, and it really would have given Auburn a chance to kind of advance. You know, last year's team was a Final Four team. Um, they just had so much talent on that in that group, and they brought pretty much everybody back this year. But I think Sunni just you know out there, she gives you such high scores every time she goes out that Auburn never 
was able to really fully replace it, um, you know, that late in the season. And so they weren't able to go deep in the, in the, in the postseason this year in gymnastics. So, um, you know, the two years from SUNY Lee, you got uh, a ton uh, from, from Auburn gymnastics, and it was, you know, a really big spectator sport here, and there was a lot of excitement, and they've been able to recruit really well off of it. So I think they're going to be a really good force in, in SEC gymnastics for a while. But, um, yeah, SUNY just did a, a tough break towards the end of the season for Auburn. She's dealing with something away from gymnastics. Um, that it kind of ends her Auburn career abruptly. Um, but she will go down as a legend uh, here because of just what she meant to Auburn gymnastics in a very short amount of time. All right, on basketball, bring us up to date. Who's entering the portal? And yeah. uh, the one I want to start out with is Wendell Green. And I was kind of surprised sure. at that. You know, I look, I, I, I root for little guys. I hope things work out. But what is he, like 5'8", five, 5'7"? And I don't know how much of a demand there is in the NBA for players of that unless you can jump through the roof. Do you think there's a chance he comes back to Auburn? You know, the way he worded his his post when he made that announcement is that he wanted to go pro. And it's not, you know, the, the, the talk hasn't been, hey, I'm going, I'm looking in, and I'm going to, you know, retain my eligibility. Um, he seems pretty dead set on, on playing professionally here soon. And I think it's, you know, with Wendell, it's very similar to, I think what Jared Harper did a few years back, you know, Jared left a year early um, and, you know, he like, you know, like Wendell sub six foot point guard. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, I'm not getting any taller. Um, might as well kind of strike uh, early and try to go get my money now, whether, you know, in the case of Jared didn't get drafted, uh, was in the G League for a while. Now he's uh, playing in Spain. Um, you know, that might be a similar situation you run into with Wendell. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I think Auburn, is in a spot, though, that their point guard position moving forward. I mean, you've got Trey Donaldson coming back. You bring in uh, McDonald's All-American and Aiden Holloway, uh, who, who obviously can play the point guard spot. That 24 class they've got coming up, uh, they got uh, LeBaron Fileline committed uh, from down there in Mobile. Um, they've also got Todd Pettiford, who's, who's one of the more elite point guards in, in the 24 class. So, like, this position group is going to be fine for Auburn. And I think for Wendell, it's just, it was going to be a lot more competition for playing time. And he's going to go ahead and kind of make his jump. So, he's in as a guy that is, is going pro as of now. Um, and then the other two people who've gone in the transfer portal so far have been uh, Yoan Traor, the five star. Uh, from this past year, he didn't really get to play a ton, didn't really stick in the rotation for Auburn. Uh, and then Chance Westry, the very versatile guard who missed most of the year with an injury, uh, also in the portal. So Auburn's got four scholarships they can play with right now. Um, and then I think the next move is everybody's got their eyes on Jalen Williams and Alan Flanagan. Those two guys could come back for their fifth year, their fifth COVID years. Uh, and so I think their decisions are going to be very key to figure out where Auburn goes next on their roster. Hey, Justin, thank you so much for the time, man. we got to run, but tell quick everybody quickly how they can uh, get the latest yep. and greatest from Auburn. Yeah, AuburnObserver.com, sign up. It's just $40 for your first year if you sign up between now and the end of A-Day weekend. Just uh, just follow along there, and everything we do gets emailed out to you. AuburnObserver.com, check it out. Hey, man, thanks again. Have a great week. Y'all too, thank you. Uh, quickly want to tell you guys, uh, um, if you're within a year of retirement, you need to call our guy Aiden Marks over at Medicare Insurance Advisors. He's been in the Medicare business 12, 13 years. He's an independent guy and works with multiple carriers. But he's helped hundreds just like you. He doesn't sell Medicare. 
He's simply there to help you make the right decisions. Never a fee for his services. He gets several people call him and they're confused because they're turning 65, but they're still working. So do they take the Medicare coverage or do they stay on their company's health insurance? He will list the pros and cons. He will compare those coverages for you and give you the best solution for you and your needs. He's local, he's knowledgeable, and he's got a physical location Go see him, Highway 98, across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet. You can go see him. He can set up a meeting with you and come to you. He's right there in Daphne. Again, never a fee for his services. So give him a call, 463-0031. That's 463. Look at them Jaguars. Look at them Jaguars. Love the way they play that game. Look at them Jaguars scoring them home runs. The Sunbelt's gonna be their fame. South Alabama. All right, we're going to empty out the coffers today. Uh, The Jags, by the way, are hosting uh, Southern tonight. I have two tickets for that, but also you get your choice, four tickets for either Thursday night Sunbelt Conference game against Texas State or Saturday. So you get two tickets for tonight, and you get four tickets for Thursday night or Saturday, you get four tickets. You get to choose your own adventure. Yes, so we're we're really emptying it out. So here's a question. I mentioned that the Giants had seven home runs in their win over the White Sox. Their team record is eight. They set that in 1961. In that eight-home run game, one player hit four home runs. Who was he? Who was the Giant in 1961 when they hit the eight home runs that hit four of them? You know the answer. You're going away with six tickets. You can invite Nick if you want to. All right. Okay, so Jeremy made a great point, which I'm going to kind of use for the opposite reason he used it. So he said when we talk about my idea of of getting a big-time opponent, a two-year contract, and going to his campus for a spring game and then vice versa. He said, in the age of transfers, I'm not bringing any other blue blood programs onto my campus in the spring. It's actually a fantastic point, right? Because you you can make it an opportunity to recruit those guys that are on that roster just by showing them the facilities and vice versa, right? So to that point, couldn't Alabama or Auburn be so impressive to a kid at South or to Troy or UAB or whatever that when the portal opens the final year or the next year that they say, Hey, I got some, I'm, I'm going to transfer. I'm getting in the portal. Yeah. I mentioned, remember I mentioned that earlier in the show, let's say a Troy comes over to Auburn and plays a spring jamboree or whatever you want to call it. And there's a couple of players on Troy that, Hey, this is, this is pretty neat. And maybe Auburn the next year, they enter the portal and wind up going to Auburn. These things can happen with either way. Same thing would be a South Alabama went and played Auburn or South or Alabama. What I'm saying is, Schedule the high-profile opponent, and then you can equally poach each other without right. one having the advantage over the other. All right, that right. I'm with you on that. And look, I wouldn't be opposed to what you're talking about. I'd be great. But I'm just saying, let's take small—let's just get to point one. 
before we start shooting for the moon. In other words, let's just get something going. And I, you know, you and I have talked about this for a few years now. This Hugh Freeze is is late on this one. All right, uh, and. I don't know if other coaches, I know when Kane comes on with us tomorrow, I've got to ask him about this too. Somewhere there's got to be a groundswell. Somebody there's got to be a voice. Maybe Nick Saban calls for it. I don't know, but it's, you know, we talk about it every spring, but nothing ever gets done. So before we get Alabama versus Southern Cal or Auburn versus Oregon, we need to get this one thing going and then maybe expand. You know what I mean? All right. Quickly again, want to congratulate Henry. Uh, he is the winner of our WNSP March Madness uh, matchup challenge. He had UConn, Jansen had San Diego State. So Henry gets the uh, smart TV from Bailey's TV and Mattress, plus the two one-hour jet ski rentals from Gulf Coast Water Rentals right here in Mobile. want to congratulate both of you. Michael just got the answer to your question, so he's going to South Alabama. Say hey, Willie Mays. Willie Mays Hayes. Actually, just Willie Mays. Uh, which day is he going? He will be going this weekend on Saturday. How about that? Congratulations to you. Richie Riley's up next, and we got a lot to get to with the South Alabama basketball coach. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Song. Can't help it. I love this song. Two reasons. Can you do that thing where you're you're going? Like I love it. I just love the Hoosiers theme, and of course, it means we're going to talk to Richie Riley too. And I'm glad you didn't interrupt this time with your bling or whatever you do. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Come on. I want a response. Coach. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing great, guys. Good morning. Oh, do we have a lot of topics to go over with you today? You got to help us out on some of the uh, discussion we've had. We need the insight of Richie Riley, the South Alabama men's basketball coach. Richie, do we include Connecticut right now with five championships as a so-called blue blood? Yeah, I've, I've since Calhoun was doing that. I've I, I've looked at them in a blue blood light. I don't know that nationally they're looked at that way. I think I think it'll always be Kentucky, Carolina, Duke, UCLA, Indiana when you when you go through the history of college hoops. But um, yeah, I look at UConn as a blue blood when it comes to when it comes to hoops because he won five of them, and you know it was really unique. It's kind of kind of crazy because I saw a tweet last night from somebody and, and it was like in 1983 or something if you said UConn would win five national titles in the next 30 years people would have thought you were crazy what Calhoun did there to build that program and, and what they are now so, so yeah I look at them in that light of a basketball blue blood what did you enjoy more the women's championship game or the men's championship game I didn't think either championship game was great. Um, now, I will say this. The semis were much better 
Um, you know, you had the San Diego State game where they where Lamont Butler hit the hit the buzzer beater, beat FAU, and then you had Caitlin Clark beating South Carolina. Um, I thought the semis were much better. I did. The finals weren't great. Um, and that's a credit to UConn and LSU the way that they played and kind of ran away a little bit and never was super close. But um, you know, speaking speaking of the women's final, did did Iowa not remind you of Hoosiers? They had such a Hoosiers feel, like Caitlin Clark, Jimmy Chitwood. I mean, it was just such a feel to me, a Hoosiers feel with that team, the way they played and kind of the makeup of their team. You you can't see Jimmy Chitwood. You can't see me. You can't see me, Coach. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I felt like she was just like, you know, I'll make the shot. I mean, she. you talk about a player. Yeah. Wow, can she play. And she, I mean, she's, she, she's, she's probably the best women's player I've ever seen. And she's as I didn't good know, a good passer. Six feet tall till I was watching the turn. She's six feet tall. Yeah, and I mean, she, she's she's incredible. And she's as good a passer as she is a shooter. Yeah, elite. I mean, she's just an elite player. And her speed, how fast she is with the ball, and how crafty. I mean, I was blown away at how. I mean, I had heard of her obviously, and you know, seen on Twitter and things like that. But I had never sit down and I watched them in the um, in the Elite Eight game, and it was like must-watch TV for me. I watched the I watched the rest of the tournament watching Iowa play, and um, she. I mean, when you're six feet and can do what she does in a women's game, it's like being a six foot seven, six eight point guard in the men's game. With that type of skill set and the way she shoots, I mean, she's she may be the best women's player I've ever seen. All right, I mean, so I, that's a that's a strong statement, but yeah. she may be. So tell us, all right, where do you stand on the trash talk? It's been a, it's still going on this debate about her and Angel Reese. Like, where do you stand on on how it all went now? Yeah, I just think it's a little bit ridiculous. What it, it's social media, like people people hunger for any chance to create an issue that doesn't need to be there. Um, they, if, if that happened in a men's game, we would have never seen, nobody would have said anything. Like, say if that happened last night between Donogo and, and Lamont Butler, it wouldn't have, nobody would have said anything. And then this women's game, these women are hoopers. And they're out there, they're competing fiercely and they talk trash just like the dudes, you know. And and did Angel Reese go out of her way? Like, yeah. The men's players do that all the time. Yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah, I think that Caitlin was... Clark did that in the Louisville game. Yeah. And she, you know, Angel Reese was talking some trash. I don't think it bothered Caitlin Clark. I don't think she probably thought another thing about it. And you know, that's where we're in our country and social media. People just hunger. To just get on there and argue with people the whole time, and it's just crazy to me why you would spend your day doing that. I think the, uh, to me, I think the 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 issue has been lost because it, it's all about well, Caitlin Clark did this or Angel Reese did that, and they're they're trash talking. I think the issue, the issue for me anyway, Coach, isn't that they were trading back, going back and forth, or you know, doing the John Cena thing or pointing at the ring. It's that she, in the last ten seconds of the game like was tracking her down like i'm gonna go find this girl and make sure i get in her face that to me is really the only issue that ought to be discussed because we talk about sportsmanship 
versus gamesmanship. And, you know, it started – it, it got very racial online about it, social media, because uh, it was Angel Reese and we reacted differently than we did to Caitlin Clark. But I think that's the point that needs to be discussed is when do you go from gamesmanship to sportsmanship? And I think that's the line that got crossed with, with, with Reese when she went out, like, literally looking for her. Yeah, I, I just think to me that's like you know, we'll give her a technical win. You know, either one of them. That's but a great point. Yeah, competitive fight. You know, one of the most famous clips ever is when Michael Jordan dunks on the Knicks, and he's literally finger pointing in whoever's face that was, screaming and yelling. And when you look at that, everybody's like, "Oh man, he's so tough. He's so competitive." You know. Nobody ever said, hey, I mean, it's distasteful. That should never happen. It's the same thing with all this stuff that we see with, you know, on the men's side. And I think Angel Reese does this. And Caitlin Clark's everybody's darling, including mine. Like, I mean, I, I just told you, she's, I mean, I could watch her play forever. But she's crazy competitive, too. Sure. So my question is, do, do you think that really bothered her? Like, she doesn't care. I've been doing that her whole life. I mean, I think. I think people love to kind of stir that up of, you know, to create a narrative that really the players, if if the players really care about it like that, then maybe, like, but I doubt Caitlin Clark thought another thing about it. And I'm sure she's talked a ton of trash, just like Angel Reese, and it's just part of the fight a little bit. Now, could it have been a little bit, should she have done that? Probably not. But we can go through about every game. And didn't you kind of call a timeout last night with, like, a minute left and start jumping up and down celebrating? I feel like they did. I mean, yeah, maybe unless that was a review. I mean, but nobody's saying anything about that this morning. I mean, if I'm on the other bench or I'm on the other team, I would probably prefer the ring deal than somebody calling a timeout of 17 with 50 seconds left. Right, so, so it's, you know, I think – you, hey, I didn't think it was that big a deal. As a basketball coach, I didn't think when Caitlin Clark did that to Louisville, I didn't think it was a big deal. When Angel Reese did that, could it, she have not done that and it had been better, obviously, but it wasn't like end of the world. You know, I didn't you, think it was should have been this big an issue. How are you responding if it was the Sun Belt Tournament, you win a big game? How are you responding if, I don't know, Isaiah, as a coach, if someone like, Isaiah Moore goes up and finds an opponent and gets in their face and makes kind of. Yeah, a, I'm a, are you as saying? As soon as she started, as, as soon as, if one of my guys, as soon as they started the motion to start doing that, then I'm yelling at them, telling them to cut yeah. that out. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not doing that. And I've done that plenty of times, you know, but we're not playing, you know, in front of. The audience they're playing in front of, obviously, so you don't see it. But yeah, I, I would immediately do that. I do it all throughout the game. Like we don't do that. Like we're not going to do that. Um, but that's just who we are as a program. Like I'm not, I'm not letting my guys do that. You know, we win with class, we lose with class, and that's. I've always believed in that, but you know, I've also not been in the moment of you know maybe Kim Mulkey didn't even see it. Maybe she's celebrating. You know. I think if I was getting ready to win a national championship, maybe I would be a little bit distracted, maybe not see her do that. Or maybe, maybe too, I always say this, too, because we're not privy to, to information that goes into these deals. Maybe there is a background story that added a little extra motivation that we don't know about. You know what I'm saying? 
you know, these girls play against each other their whole life, and then there's yeah. inside rivalries within playing different teams and what's been said before the game or throughout the season. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't think you know until you're in that, in that situation. South Alabama men's basketball coach Richie Riley, uh, our guest this morning. All right. As you know, in the NCAA tournament, no ones, no twos, no threes made it to the final four. Um, do you see this as kind of just a, a one-time deal, or do you see that this tournament is shifting because of the portal and that anybody, it's anybody's game and that this is not just a blip on the screen, but this is something that down the road we're going to see more and more of in future tournaments? I think 100%. I think the parity of college hoops is is the is more different than it's ever been. I, I think you're going to see a lot of this. Um, does that mean the, the Blue Bloods aren't going to be in there too? I mean, I'm sure that will happen too. But there's going to be a lot more stories in the San Diego States and the Florida Atlantics and, you know, a, a UConn-type team winning it as a fourth seed. Because of the because of the NIL, it's balanced the playing field a little bit. You know, they talked about the rich get richer. They have, I think, more so in football probably, um, but basketball too to a certain extent. But it's also leveled the playing field a little bit for more teams to be able to do that um, if you do have that money. And also the transfer portal. I mean, guys are getting old. You know, you get you can get old really quick recruiting that portal. And a lot of times old guys beat young guys. And a lot of the Blue Bloods are really young a lot of times. You know, they're bringing in four or five McDonald's All-Americans, and they're essentially playing against 22-year-old grown men. And You know, you kind of see what happens. But I also think the NIL, the higher you get, I don't think, you know, I think there's guys grinding a lot harder at the, you know, the, the lower, quote-unquote, lower levels. And I think it's caused a lot of, you know, it's caused the bar from the, that – that pedestal that these blue bloods are on has dropped a lot. And, and these kids believe that they can beat those guys. I mean, you saw Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. And, I mean, even you go back to Fairleigh Dickinson, they beat Purdue. I mean, in the last five years, we've had two. For the first time, we've had a 16 beat a one. I mean, we went through years and years and years, and that wasn't even a possibility. When I was a kid, it was like a 50-point game. Every 16-1 was like, yeah, you won by 40 or 50. And now we've had two of them win and advance. I mean, so, yeah, I think I think moving forward, it makes for a fun tournament and, you know, a fun regular season, too, because you see a lot of upsets then. Oh, when you hear that music, you know what time it is. It's finally time to do some dancing. The waiting is over. And the curtain set to rise. The madness has begun. Hello, friends. Ready to make a few shiny moments? The ball is I did this for you. For me? It wasn't, yeah, because I know you like this song a lot. It's a and great song. Yeah, it, it's not a bad song. It's just that when we played it eight times during the morning show for about two weeks, I, it'd be any song, even... Well, not Hoosiers. I think I could handle Hoosiers. What about any Springsteen? What if we played Born to Run every... Eh, I get kind of tired of it after a while. Alabama and Auburn made the One Shining Moment video, by the way. Good for them. Yeah. Good. Hey, um, I, something came up yesterday in the Dan Patrick Show, which I thought is pretty neat. Okay. 
obviously based on the ratings of LSU and Iowa, doesn't it make sense that whoever, whatever network, whatever station, open up next year with a doubleheader, a doubleheader to, like, you know how they have these one-shot deals, okay? I don't know where you want to play. It doesn't matter. The girls' game, Iowa, LSU, and then have a, a men's game, too, uh, whoever you want. Pick two teams that you think would draw ratings. And then would the girls' game go second with the guys because of the interest in LSU Yeah, I think the guys' game at that point would just be a distraction from the main event. Like, there's no point in having the guys' game. Go well, get I- did Alabama versus UConn. We had that this year. That could be an interesting game. Yeah, we had that this year. Yeah, let's run it back. I'm not, I'm not we had Iowa versus LSU this year too, right? Oh, you're talking no, I'm talking about and the men Connecticut did beat Alabama this year. Right. Uh, so um, yeah, run it back. Let's see if Alabama can uh get one I think on. We, I think they might be short some guys. I think both teams would be short some guys. Probably. Definitely Alabama would be short some guys. Interesting. But it was a novel idea. Why not open up at least the women's season? with that matchup based on the ratings that they had because you know Caitlin Clark's back I don't know who's coming back for you know LSU I don't know the makeup of their roster who leaves who comes Angel Reese will be back she'll be back yeah well then it's worth it hmm. yeah then I would we, totally then we, do it. then we can all see it I would watch that I would watch that in a second so yes let's do it let's let's do it along with the we got all sorts of programming ideas here. We're, we're reshaping spring football as we know it here, today. I, I got one for you. All right, bring it. College basketball all-star game, but it's co-ed. <laughs> Shirts and skins? <laughs> or we could just wear different colored jerseys, Lee, but okay. Right. We'll take that under advisement. Wouldn't um, that be fun? It'd be novel. I mean, they do that at every other college. Yeah. Like a co-ed rec league. Imagine, like, Caitlin Clark out there with, I don't know. Whoever's coming back. Star men's player, yeah, that isn't in the NBA. That would be fun. And then imagine imagine Caitlin Clark, like, gets an ISO in some guys like Gardner. Yeah. And then she, like, shoots it in his face and scores. That would be the most viral basketball clip of the year yeah come on ncaa cbs listen to the show listen listen (laughs) to what i'm saying (laughs) jim nance coming back for another one let's let's run it back jimmy all right what do you got on the show tomorrow sir well we're gonna head up to the masters uh tony ruggiero's up there he'll join us and on the subject of a spring football game i think we've got a couple of guests that might uh, have a thought or two about that namely the South Alabama coach, Kane Womack, also uh, Chris Stewart. Uh, we got baseball, Turner Ward with the Cardinals. He's going to join us. And I just got word, Brett Bitzel up okay. there at Auburn. And obviously we've been talking a lot about uh, spring football with Auburn, so he's going to be on campus there and give us his thoughts. So it sounds like we got a jam-packed edition of uh, the Open Kickoff. By the way, on Friday – we're on the road at Theodore. So it is, uh, I think we've only been out there once and never out there for a championship drive. So uh, after a week after going out to Mary Montgomery for this time, first time, we're going out to Theodore for just the second time. 
All right, that does it for another edition of the opening kickoff. Our thanks to Nick behind the glass and for Lou Shervani, I'm Mark. That does it. The Dan Patrick Show is next until tomorrow at uh, 6 a.m. See ya.